We are with Dr. Seitati Mulefi, Deputy Chief of Party at Healthcare NBO at Right to Care. Dr. Seitati, thank you for joining us. Uh, this, Dr. Mulefi, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? Um, I'm well, thank you. And how are you doing? Good morning. I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. Uh, we're looking at healthcare and specifically South Africans with compromised immune systems today who are likely to be at risk of worse outcomes should they become infected with COVID-19, focusing specifically on HIV-positive uh, um, uh, HIV-positive status. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a bit more and give us a bit more information and insight, especially during this pandemic, how have uh, things evolved and what should we be aware of? Okay, thank you very much. I think what we're trying to to bring to the source is the fact that if one has an um, immune, is immunosuppressed, uh, for whatever reason really, um, should they be infected with um, COVID-19, mm. they would have um, higher risk of poor outcomes. And um, the reason we say this is because obviously... Um, the fighting against that infection and having, uh, you know, and moving your body to full recovery is an immune response. Now, if your immune system for some for some reason is suppressed and unable mm. to mount a full response or a full response like it would uh, with any other infection, obviously then uh, yeah, that, that client would struggle. As you say, we are now referring specifically to HIV. And uh, what we're saying here is, one, patients should actually be aware of their HIV status because once you are aware, then you are able to do something about it. And those who actually do know them and are HIV positive, it's important that they start the life-saving treatment, which is antiretroviral treatment, because this will then improve their immune system mm. and hence their immune response should they be infected by COVID-19. And what exactly is a suppressed immune system for those of us who do not, who, who do not know? Okay, a suppressed immune system is basically um, an immune system that, um, so, so maybe let me give an, a, a quick example and, and, and that relates to HIV again. So when one is HIV infected, the virus HIV actually attacks your immune system. Your immune system is a system in your body that generally responds to any infection or any abnormality in terms of, of, of your functioning of your body. So should you, for instance, be exposed to some infection, be exposed to some foreign body like an allergen or something that causes allergies or any other, um, um, shall we say, um, attack to the body, that the body itself, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this kind of, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So then the immune system, so that system which has white cells, which has a lot of cells, um, that um, will then respond, will identify this is an attack. Uh, this is a, an allergen, this is an infection, this is a virus, bacteria, whatever, that we don't want in the body, that we need to get out of this body. And those cells then come together and mount this response and try to remove that attack or that infection. So that's an immune system. Now, if your immune system is attacked by any other um, uh, uh, issue prior to your, to your exposure, let's say to COVID-19 in this case, mm then it means that um, um, your immune system is already engaged in that fight. So it could obviously, that engagement means um, your immune cells and all your machinery that should be dealing with the the problem is engaged and sometimes even depleted because of that that kind of engagement. Hence, we call it a suppressed uh, immune system or a compromised immune system because it's not fully there to to, to respond, if 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 I can simplify it.
Hmm. And what, what kind of risks uh, do patients who've stopped taking their ARVs um, um, uh, face at the moment uh, in, in terms of um, the, the severe diseases? So what happens is that when you take your ARVs, you are uh, killing the HIV off, basically. And by killing the HIV off, it means that you are freeing your immune system and cells to then uh, uh, mount up um, and sort of go back to, 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 to near normal and sometimes actual normal levels. So this means that this person is HIV positive, but their immune system uh, is able to function at the normal pace or rate as it would if they were HIV negative. That's why we love ARV so much mm. because they, 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 you know, they put you back to normalcy, if you can mm. call it that. Now, if you stop taking your treatment, obviously you're giving this HIV virus a chance to then start attacking your immune system again and uh, making your, your body and your immune system unable to cope with any other attack that could come up, up about. Hence, such a person being infected with COVID-19 could actually be a problem because now they, we are adding an extra stress to the body and to the immune system to deal with. So stopping your ARV, your ARV means um, you, you, you are now compromising your immune system, so to speak. So and these patients really should, should go back. Patients should really, really ensure that they keep their immune system strong by continuing to take their medication. And those who may not have started medication for one reason or another, mm-hmm. either because they actually don't know their HIV status or because uh, they haven't yet started their detailing or they're not sure, should actually really consider doing that. Have citizens been able to get a hold of the facilities and uh, the health facilities and uh, um, ARV refills and uh, also for testing and healthcare during the lockdown? Um, is the information clear on that if they are able and have been able to uh, um, access these resources? Um, look, um, there has been access, but as with a lot of things during the lockdown, there has been some confusion, and mm. we have to admit. There has been some confusion and there has been, uh, there has been some unfortunate incidents of um, you know, poor or unequal implementation um, in some areas where people have really struggled. But overall, the system, the, the system has, 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 has been put in place that people mm. should actually have access. And, and it, was, it was quite clearly outlined that health services are actually essential mm. and they will be open. Clinics will be open, hospitals, facilities. And some of the programs that used to run outside facilities, for instance, home testing, for instance, community testing, where people did door-to-door, these campaigns, were scaled down uh, so that we could respond better and also understand how to respond to the, to the COVID uh, response. With time, we've actually seen how we can bring some of these back mm. and integrate them into the, into, into the COVID work that we're doing. Because, uh, to be honest, obviously, everybody knows that COVID sort of um, came and we, we really we're not sure what to do and how to do. Mm. But the one thing that's always been a factor is that health facilities have always been open, accessible. The challenges have been there, but um, it has, they have been accessible. And we are now building up and, and bringing it back to the floor and, bringing, and making it obvious and, and easier for people to actually have this access. But as I say, we are now also looking at opening up the other stream mm-hmm. uh, through which people uh, could, 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 could get um, healthcare services because the fears and, 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 and the worries are actually quite valid.
All right, and would you say this period, I profoundly said uh, that it's now time for our authorities and South Africans in general and those who are part of very important organizations uh, such as Right to Care to have a better and closer look at the the actual status of our health care and the vast inequality, how it affects various societies. Would you say we have a clearer picture and there's an opportunity to be much more stringent uh, and aware of those who do not have access to these life-saving resources? I think we do. We, we, we've actually had 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 um, an understanding, and and think, I think this has been said several times. And hence, I mean, pre-COVID, you remember the fights uh, between public private sector. I'm calling them fights. I've got really, you know, mm-hmm. my, my 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 fingers are showing inverted commas, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be diplomatic in these circles, eh? <laughs> I know. Um, so. The point is, we've always known. We've always known that we've had inequalities. We've always known that there hasn't been equal access and and, and all that. And our public health care system hasn't been um, Mm. able to to, to respond or or be ready to the level that we we, we require for our our citizens. Hence, they talk about the NHI and everything. So nothing is fully fully articulated Mm -hmm. and uh, yet... And COVID came in that kind of environment, mm. but it, it went and, sh- and, 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 and shone a spotlight on all the key gaps and, and, and weaknesses. And I think some responses actually happened to, yes. to try and cover those. But of course, the period has been very short and they've not been able and it wouldn't have been fair to mm. expect that all those things could quickly be, 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 be changed. But we are hopeful that now that it's becoming clearer, even to people who are not in the healthcare sector, that a lot needs to happen in change. And there will be resources, there will be focus and, and, and a lot of hard work to, to, to get things to where we need them to be. I like that you mentioned uh, the integration aspect because it's not going to be after COVID is finished, ah, throw away the data, the statistics. I do believe that there's yeah, an opportunity yeah. for continuity for this. There's really an opportunity for continuity. And when you talk about NHI, it is a huge talking uh, uh, point. It's even a conversational trope amongst many private versus public and all those aspects. How far are we from realizing the NHI, would you say, dream? Because there's the one aspect which you've been dealing quite close, two aspects you've been dealing closely with, which is legislation and implementation. So how far are we realistically towards realizing the NHI? Okay, let me first acknowledge something you said. Mm-hmm. That this needs to continue. Uh, the lessons learned and the data, the responses from different uh, sectors and, and all that needs to be you know, maintained. The debate need to continue. Uncomfortable though may, they may be, they need to continue. We need to get ourselves to a point where we, we bring in a multiplicity of thoughts, voices, and all that to the table because that will help us really shape our way forward. In terms of how far we are, in terms of the, of the NHI, I, I truly am not am, am not the expert in, in that sense. Fair but what I, can, what I can say is that um, a lot of what has been talked about, a lot of what has been in the planning, in the pipeline for the NHI, is actually being inadvertently tested by, by, by the COVID response. Mm. And I think even for whatever people thought prior, prior COVID, um, is either being... Um, you know, confirmed or refuted. So at some point, all this information is going to help us package our, you know, our healthcare plans and, and, and implementation much better, definitely. 
And then in terms of the developments um, such as collect and go, we do have socially distant uh, medicine collection, uh, which could also present an opportunity to alleviate some of uh, the backlogs when it comes to medicine collection. Can you tell us a bit more about those advancements? I also read about a robot in, in which was developed in the Western Cape for specifically for treating patients with COVID-19 uh, positive statuses. Yeah, so, so, so the, 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 the collect and go um, locals and also what you call PDUs, mm-hmm. uh, which are like ATMs that dispense medication, are, are really important in, this, in, uh, in those because then patients um, who routinely have to fetch their medication from facilities like clinics, hospitals or wherever mm. can now actually go to, a, to, 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 to this locker or to this uh, ATM for their medication. So this means that they limit their exposure in terms of um, um, going to facilities where there be many people, where there be there might be um, you know some um, prolonged waiting times and all that. So by going to this, uh, it's, a, it's sort of a part of the, the government's defensive strategy really that has already been in place for a while. Instead of going to your clinic, uh, you know you just go to that locker, you pick up your medication. So it's, it's already preloaded. By the time you get the your medication, you've been there. You you send a a, a notification that your your parcel has been delivered. So the same way you pick up a parcel at a garage, for instance, you know there are these uh, lockers that are at garages and other places. You go and pick up your medication. So this means you actually can push, you can decide what time is best for you, and um, you can therefore limit uh, the possible exposure. Um, uh, you know where where you would go into a clinic or a hospital that is that 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 could potentially have more people. And sometimes actually we have to remember sick people, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, generic medicines are used? It seems uh, there are allegations that there's a monopoly at the moment, and this monopoly regarding SA patent laws might threaten a, a, a possible vaccine, which would render uh, the, 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 the laws favor multinational pharmaceutical companies, and it would render the drug unaffordable for most. So this is yet another inverted commas fight that we've all been uh, aware of. Uh, you'd remember how, uh, you know, the, the discussions around ARVs, around generics yeah. started. So what what actually uh, is important to note in terms of South Africa, of the South African system, is that, you know, the laws are quite stringent. I think we've got a very robust um, um, uh, system to, 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 to regulate uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So at least there's a buffer in terms of safety that we have as a country today. Now, in terms of competition laws, in terms of, of, of you know, mm. uh, bias, in terms of, 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 obviously, you know, the muscle power. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about, uh, you know, I'm so interested in it and I'm sorry to stretch you on this one, but I, I was, I've been so interested because farm, even pharmaceutical brand, or brands, at the end of the day, it's a brand and the decision is made by a practitioner on which brand they choose. So the regulations are quite important. Wow. 
So yeah, hey. So some <laughs> of those are, are really are really at 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 a level that I I would also now commenting with the testimonies that the doctor removed while I worked for kind of thing. So uh, it's it really, uh, from my vantage point, it's very difficult to to, to really um, wisely and 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 fully respond to that. But I mean, I think there's been enough in the public domain for us to understand that there's quite a lot of tension, there's quite a lot of contention uh, when it comes to that. But I think I'm always comfortable in that because of our of our legal framework. I mean, uh, the SAPRA, there's the pharmaceutical, there's a lot of, of, of regulation in place. There is some sort of buffer and, 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 and all that, but also our civil society, uh, our healthcare professionals do do engage quite robustly in, in these in, in this, um, uh, deliberations and, and discussions. And as such, we have maybe later than we would have loved um, managed to, to, to sway some of the, of, 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 of the decisions to more benefit our people. I mean, look at, at what is the most recent drug mm. that we have in um, uh, uh, the Look at, at what happened in terms of pricing, you know. Uh, I think we, we, we are able to sway um, uh, uh, some of these decisions because now that we have that drug, actually our ARVs cost much less to the government and definitely to the, to, to, to the, to the client at, at, at the end. But we are saying we are giving them the best available drug right now. So those those are all quite exciting. There's probably not enough that we're getting out of it, and maybe, as I say, I don't understand it fully enough to mm-hmm. really be fair. But uh, from what I see, there's, there's, there's quite a lot that is positive. Uh, but please call somebody from pharmaceuticals for the more in-depth discussion. Of, of course, of course. Thank you so much once again for your time, Dr. Setati Mulefi, is a deputy chief of part at Healthcare NPO Right to Care. Thank you for your time and the amazing work that you do. Hopefully we'll speak again in the future. Thank you so much, Rafa and Yavlela.